number zero. I guess he is. I mean, I, I would I would give it up to him. I would I would give up the uh, the number to him, but uh, I don't think I'm allowed to do that. Three, number three, Deion Waiters. <laughs> <laughs> What's my guy? Ball hard. You are Locked On Cavaliers, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Cleveland Cavaliers select Darius Garland from Vanderbilt University. My, my, my. This calls the Kevin Love Show. He put him in cement boots, Colin Sexton for two. Hey, Chris Manning from Lockdown Cavs here. Evan Damerel, my co-host from Forbes from Fear the Sword, is with me. Evan, what's going on, buddy? Uh, not a whole lot. How are you doing? It's been, uh, it's I'm still kind of, you know, waking up a little bit after that very, very long roundtable we did last night. Yes, yeah, so that was, yeah, we did a big, long trade deadline podcast. If you haven't listened to that yet, uh, myself, Justin Rowan, Evan, Carter Rodriguez, and Spencer Davies did a big five-man podcast breaking down every aspect of the Andre Drummond trade. So you can go listen to that if you want some analysis on the trade itself and sort of what is kind of going on right now. Um, Evan, I will say we are here talking today because Kobe Altman spoke Friday, John Beeline spoke, Kristen Thompson spoke, Kevin Love spoke. Um, I don't think anyone is saying anything particularly revelatory or brutally honest or anything that we sort of couldn't suss out by observing the situation. But um, I think Altman kind of being someone we haven't heard from in a long time and and Beeline saying that Drummond was going to start right away. Um, what, what were some of the standout things we learned from the first kind of round of media on Friday? And I should also note that Andre Drummond, as far as we know right now, um, is going to speak to the Cleveland media for the first time on Saturday. So we'll we'll talk about that on Monday show. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Jay Evans of the Cavs. He confirmed with us during the conference call. That was uh, a lot of fun just listening to people drop in and out and unmute their phones, mind you. Uh, but, uh, he confirmed that Drummond will talk to the media tomorrow during Cavs practice because they have had some time off. But I'm not surprised at all that Drummond is going to start. It kind of feels like the right thing to do. And from what I've gathered, Tristan seems like he's on board with the idea, which is also a good thing. But I guess the Kobe Altman just said a lot of positive things. He's just overall strikes me as a very positive guy. Granted, we don't get many opportunities to interact with him because he kind of operates in the shadows as a general manager. But I think the most, or at least the most significant thing he, I pulled from that conference call his, at least when it comes to Andre Drummond is the fact that he views Drummond as a player that could be with Cleveland long-term mostly in the fact due to that he's, that he's a two time all-star off the top of my head. I could be wrong on that, but yeah, it's time. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But the, more so the fact that he, at 26 years old, which is weird to think because we're both 26, Chris, but um, he views or Drummond as a long-term option at the five spot for Cleveland's rebuild overall, which is kind of nice to see that they at least have a little bit of foresight going forward into what this trade may shake out. 
Yeah, I thought the quote to me that stood out the most from what Altman had to say is, quote, um, he just gives us a dimension we haven't had in quite some time. We just thought it was an unbelievable opportunity for a franchise and for our players to play alongside Andre. Um, we've been through a lot of battles with him over the years and in the playoffs. This is a player we've always coveted, and to have the opportunity to add him to the Cavs was an opportunity we did think we could pass up. Number one, for the value they gave up, again, like I don't think you can shit on the Cavs for something they can like reasonably like get out of and like, why oh, not? No. You know, like what do the Cavs really have to lose here? Um, I don't really think there's a big concern Nothing. in that regard. You know, um, I think Altman also called him a presence a couple of times, used that word specifically. So I think there is something to that. Um, I think there will be a, an adjustment process. I do think, you know, the anything I, I, you know, you, uh, you have confirmed some stuff and I've you know heard the kind of similar things um, from different places, but you know, I, anything with his future, I feel like we need to just, I, I don't want to get too ahead of that because too far ahead of that, because like, we just need to see how some stuff kind of works before we um, are really like wondering what his fit is long-term. I think this is really a 30 game thing. I think, um, you know, I think we need to see how this actually plays on the court before we kind of start evaluating some of this. We just, I, I want to see some of it. Um, but I, I think yeah. Kobe um, kind of gave the most intent you're going to get is like, this is just a presence and a big bigger five that they just haven't had in a while and they i think he definitely also really went out of his way to emphasize the fact that there's going to be ways andre drummond can um impact the guards and kind of help the the young guys by giving them a a pick and roll thing which if you I, i think does matter i think if you go back to Kyrie, um you can look at him and you can see how like when they got spencer hawes like even though spencer hawes was not a great player just giving Kyrie a real pick and roll partner was like a really useful thing for him when they had spencer for a little bit yeah, I'd agree. Uh, <clears throat> I think Bayline more so jumped into it after practice today. He did mention he was pretty hands-off, at least when it came to his first deadline. He was at a private event during this, but he was kept in the loop on it. And shout-out to front of the pod, Spencer Davies, for asking. Bayline did acknowledge that, uh, at least the younger guards and Jetty included, when they get beaten off the perimeter, any player gets beaten off the perimeter. Now Drummond kind of has that... Ba- is able to solidify that backline defense just to help with the rim protection. And Cleveland is last in the league, I believe, off the top of my head. I'm doing a lot of this off the off the cuff right now in terms of blocks per game, which Drummond will obviously have an immediate impact on that. But I, yeah, no, Bayline also touched on what Kobe touched on during the conference call as well. Is um, he'll be a good pick and roll partner for Garland and Sexton, and even Osman, who's a bit of a playmaker himself, and also a lob threat, which is also a welcome thing to see because. Just getting these young guards accustomed to playmaking, maybe this will finally have us stop complaining about Colin Sexton scoring 28 points, but zero assists on the night, and just he chips up, chips in a few. But it's just, I think, overall, for what Cleveland spent to get Andre Drummond, and like you said, use the next 30 games as a bit of a barometer to see is this going to work long term, and if he does opt in, and like you said, you and I have done some parsing through and I don't want to out any sources just yet until like, you know, but um, if he does opt in and Cleveland can kind of wait on it, they can get a larger sample size next year. Cause they can get at least at most uh, 112 games. If you include this last half of the year. And if he's for some reason here, the full season next year, um, you definitely have a good idea of what you're getting then. But um, no, I'm totally fine with it, and I think using the next 30 games, like the Cavs aren't making the playoffs, and I don't think this is going to hurt their lottery odds too too much. So adding an all-star caliber player that kind of just elevates the growth and development of your younger guys and maybe makes Tristan and Kevin a little happier while they're still here is 
it's a slam dunk trade in my book. Yeah, let's just talk about what Kevin and Tristan said. Um, did you what did you make of of what they had to say? I just will say I, I thought Tristan, you know, was pretty positive. I think he's very good at kind of doing that. Um, said all the right things. Yeah. Um, which you know, I don't. I I think there will. I think there's just inevitably going to be some discourse on what his role looks like. I think that's just an inevitable thing, and we're going to see how it plays out more than what he has to say today. I would keep that in mind. Um, mm-hmm. Kevin, he did seem just. I thought Kevin seemed like pretty upbeat about it. Um was pretty kind of engaged with it, you know, said that they, he talked to Drummond like five minutes after the trade went through last night. And, um, you know, Justin, I thought made a really good point. It's like Kevin, when he's talking about wanting to compete has never said like, you know, I want to compete for titles. And I just don't want to like be wasting my time on like really bad teams. Well, like if Drummond's a way to, you know, I still think the Cavs are going to do their diligence and shop him around in the summer. I think that's an inevitable thing. We're going to get back to come July. It's yeah. just the, the nature of where we're at with him. But I think if you look at what if you can salvage this in some way and like there, there's a way where the Cavs, I think maybe it's a, I don't think it's a, the leading possibility, but I think there's a chance where this works out and you have Kevin Love and Andre Drummond as kind of a duo next year and they play together well and things kind of work and um, the Cavs are kind of playing middle ground a little bit in terms of, of how they're building and, and trying to do not totally bottom out. Like, I mean, Kobe did talk directly about how hard it is to rip everything out to the studs and to go all the way down to the bottom. Um, and I think they they didn't do that. I think you could have done that if they really wanted to. I think you, there were deals out there for them to just sell off these parts for whatever they could get now and just go all the way down. And I think there it, it is a conscious decision not to do that. And I wonder how Kevin fits into that. I Yeah, I think you and I both were kind of proponents at one point. We were like, you know what, just rip out everything and just tear this mother down and we'll uh, – see what we have after the trade deadline. And maybe you and I were just kind of like a little down with the fact that there was no major Cavs trade deadline news, but which is, which is understandable. But um, I'm kind of glad maybe that Kobe didn't do this. Uh, in terms of the Tristan thing, I'm thinking it's still playing in the back of my head last night during our recording with Justin and Carter and Spencer um, that when the Cavs righted Mozgov, Tristan was comfortable transitioning to a bench role in that situation. My only counter argument to that is, yeah, the Cavs are playing for a championship though. So, it's a little bit of a different scenario. So yeah, I'm interested to see how that's going to unfold. But I think Tristan said all the right things externally to like the media and just anyone is who's available to listen to him. So I don't think he's going to make a huge stink. And I think he knows he has maybe 30 games left and Cleveland's going to sign and trade him this summer, which is fine. But Kevin as well. Um, Kobe did acknowledge during the uh, fo- our phone conference with him that he has had multiple blowups um over the last year or so and that kevin has rebounded really well and is just kind of saying all the right things and doing all the right things that he's playing really well um i think maybe he's just doing kind of the same thing with tristan where he's trying to play a good company guy and if he does that it's going to help his chances of getting out of here but i also am a firm believer that winning cures all problems and especially like if you just want to lump bayline into this as well who's kind of like you know has a loose grasp of the respect of the locker room. I think adding Drummond to the formula will help the Cavs maybe win a little bit more. And maybe these losses will be a lot more palatable and they won't be absolute massacres, which I think definitely helps Cleveland going forward as well. And I think it'll just ease a little bit of this tension in the locker room, especially because like you said, it seems like Drummond and Kevin are pretty close or at least buddy, buddy to begin with. Maybe it's just a luxury of having the same agent. So they're just familiar with each other because of that. But I am totally fine with a happier Kevin Love and just a more stable and peaceful locker room for the next 30 games. Because like I just said earlier, the Cavs aren't making the playoffs off of this move. But 
it could do a lot of good just overall for the chemistry and development of this roster. Yeah, I, th- I think that's about right. Um, and we'll wrap it up in this. Alfonso McKinney also signed a four-year contract mm-hmm. um, on Friday. Uh, they, he signed a four. He hasn't been officially announced by the team, but it's I've confirmed it. I think you have as well. It's a four-year yeah. contract, um, basically for the minimum each year. He's going to make a total of seven point two million. The thing I think we don't know yet is is what or how many non-guaranteed years in there are. I think from my when I know sort of so far, I think there is at least one non-guaranteed year in there. I think the last two might be, but regardless, yeah. I think this is a very low-cost investment. Um, I think it's smart. I think it gives you just kind of guaranteed some veteran wing depth that you sort of need. Um, and again, it's really cost effective. I don't really see, I don't really see a downside to this. Do you? No, neither do I. And I'm going to read a David Zavak tweet. Who's usually the Eeyore of Cavs Twitter, but this is actually like really positive and just well said. Um, Alfonso McKinney played 96 college games for Eastern Illinois and Wisconsin Green Bay, where he averaged 7.1 points and five rebounds in those games. And he just got 4 million plus guaranteed to play basketball at the age of 27. It's a stunning story and it's pretty cool. And I'd agree. Um, I've kind of known for a while when they announced his second 10 day, his agent told me that Cleveland's plan was to bring him back and keep him at least the remainder of the season and possibly long-term after the trade deadline. And they did exactly that. His agent confirmed me that yesterday. That's still the plan, but I didn't know the exact numbers of it, but no, I'm happy for Alfonso. And I think he wants to stay in Cleveland because, he gets one an opportunity to actually play instead of you know just cashing checks and just riding the pine and being a body for practice and everything. And the fact that the coaching staff actually relies on him and views him as the team's best perimeter defender, I think this could also be a good opportunity for him to maybe carve out a decent enough role that if the time comes for Cleveland to kind of move him as like extra salary in a trade or vice versa, or if like a team wants to take a gamble on him for a couple second rounders or something, this is just a good opportunity overall. And I'm you know I'm, I'm fine with it. I think it's good depth. I think it's good wing option and all but certainly negates Matthew Dellavedova getting meaningful minutes in Cleveland. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I really will see curious what his role looks like. I think there's like, if you look at next year, um, it'll be curious to see how, what the roster, what the rest of the roster looks like going forward will be really interesting um, because, yeah. you know, he could be a guy that's like, out of, could just not in the rotation. I mean, I think KPJ and Jetty our locks. I would have wildly expect Winler to play, you know, um, it depends who, what kind of bigs you have around and stuff that could kind of impact that as well. But you know, you would yeah. think they, you would still think to me that like wing is going to be the thing they're looking at most in the draft, you know, like yes, that that's going to be the priority for them. I think now, um, whether it's wing or like a small ball four type. So, um, yeah, I'll be curious to see what it looks like. I think this year in particular, he holds the most value. I think he can at least give you some decent minutes next year, and then we'll kind of see where where that goes from there. But I don't really see any downside in it. Um, I'll, I'll be curious to see sort of what his role ends up being like next year. But um, I think he's good insurance, and I think that that's, it's a smart, prudent thing by Alvin to just lock a guy up like that for like no money. Um, Evan, any final thoughts as we get out of here? Um, you know, I'm got a lot of good vibes rolling right now. Uh, Drummond will probably make his Cavaliers debut on Sunday against the Clippers, and he is wearing number three, which, you know, shout out to Dion Waiters, and shout out to your tweet. I actually got a good chuckle out of it when you said you just wish you had a number three Cavs jersey with every single name on it. Um, yeah, I, I really, if someone has that, like, I would I would really appreciate that. If someone would, like, mail me one of those or, like, tell me if it just exists, I would be good. I would feel good about more better, better about the universe if that existed. It, agreed. And, I thought at first, because NBA 2K had me bamboozled, but they tweeted, like, 
the pre quote unquote preview of Drummond and it was him wearing the 12 jersey. So I said this morning, I'm like, okay, it looks like he's wearing number 12. And then the cast posted the video of him wearing number three. And I'm like, ah, of all numbers for him to wear. But um, I don't expect the Cavs to uh, beat the Clippers on Sunday, but I expect them to be a lot more competitive going forward. And I think that's all I can ask for is if I can have a little bit of fun watching them these last 30 games, I'm good. What about you, bud? What are you looking yeah, towards? I, I think that's it. I think I want to see how Drummond is used. I think, you know, one of the things that we don't know is just sort of what um, he exactly is going to, his role is going to look like. You know, the Cavs have hinted at, like, his ability to do stuff on the perimeter. Um, and that gives me a little bit of, like, are, like what are you guys, how far are you going to take this? Because, like, if you take it too far, like, you're going to get diminishing returns on what Drummond is. Um, and I think the value he can provide the team. So we'll kind of, I think that what that looks like will be really interesting. We'll see how the rotation goes. There are a lot of interesting 30 game questions to kind of view here. Um, as Kevin Love said, the, the sample size is going to be ridiculously small. Um, it's two games for the all-star break. And then we'll kind of have to see what it looks like after. And it's two teams on v- at very different points in their schedule. Um, and, and where they're at in terms of their overall quality between the Clippers and the Hawks. So we'll see where this goes, but I, th- I think it's interesting and inject some more interesting life into what was feeling like a dead-ish calf season. But I, I think it's at least going to be fun for us to watch and kind of evaluate. Yeah, and you know, now that you mentioned the Hawks, I wasn't really looking that far ahead in Cleveland's schedule. Capella versus Drummond will be a kind of a fun matchup now. So I guess that'll be kind of neat to watch too. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, but we're going to be back again on Monday. Evan and I will be back after Cavs Clippers. We'll have some guests on next week to help us break down what Drummond is, where the Caps Caps cap situation is, and now and a whole bunch of stuff leading into the All-Star break. Uh, follow along on Twitter at Lockdown Cavs. Subscribe to Lockdown Cavs wherever you get podcasts. And we'll talk to you on Monday. Evan, thanks again, buddy. Yeah, no problem, man. Have a good weekend, everyone. And yeah, enjoy. And uh, Cavs Clippers, if it's bad, remember. Um, it could be worse could be a lot worse you could be watching it you could be watching like john no shade to john hens we could be watching him baby hands and to coachers and thompson playing a bunch of minutes we'll talk to you on monday